What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Hi there and good evening. Welcome to the Jim Bohannon Show with me, Rich Valdez. Our telephone number is 505-4626-866-505-4626. And uh, a lot of people are tuned in to the um, Trump rally this evening where it's rumored that he may be announcing. My gut says he won't, but I could be wrong. I've been wrong in the past. Again, I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, by the way, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And as we keep our eyes peeled on that and our ears open, I want to give you a couple of headlines uh, from today. So um, yesterday, I think this actually happened, believe it or not, this Elon Musk endorsement of uh, Republicans saying, you know what, you need balance. And the Democrats have the White House, so you should just elect Republicans across the board to give them Congress. That's Elon Musk. Uh, Karine Jean-Pierre says that Biden's comments on shutting down coal plants were twisted because it was uh, a bit loud and hard to hear outside. <laughs> we'll talk about that later, and you'll hear those comments from Joe Biden. Uh, additionally, there is a huge, huge um, lead from Republicans. you got Republicans that are ahead by more than 300,000 votes in early voting, um, leading the Democrats in early voting in the state of Florida which is uh, pretty interesting. And some are predicting that Republicans may in fact take control or win in Miami-Dade County for the first time in more than uh, 20 years. So that's very, very interesting. Now, certain Democrats that have been making the rounds on the Sunday shows and whatnot, they're saying, well, you know what? Democrats are out of touch with what the American voters are feeling and, and wanting. And because they don't care about what the people care about, they're likely not going to do well. Another headline here, consumer confidence in the housing markets hits a brand new low. And a judge in New York has blocked a law that the uh, New York legislature put through trying to eliminate one Second Amendment. And the judge saying this is trying to, quote, eviscerate the Bill of Rights. So all of that is what's going on. And I want you to hear this uh, clip I have of Trump. He made a joke at his rally this evening. Uh, talking about, you know, what would happen if he was put into the position that uh, some of the other politicians are in. Listen to this. But it was a laptop from hell, and they said it was Russia disinformation. No, it wasn't. It was from Hunter. Can you imagine the father? I, I'm not sure he understood it, but assuming he understood what was on that <laughs> laptop. No, could you imagine? Don, if that ever happens to you, if you ever have a laptop... Like that. I will never, I swear, I'll never speak to you again. Okay? Eric, that includes you, just so you know. <laughs> I think that's pretty funny. Uh, 
And it's uh, it's always an interesting um, double standard that we have in the media, because I think it's true. Had that happened to Trump, we wouldn't hear the end of it. It happens to, to Biden and we never hear the beginning of it. And they tried to cover it up. So that's part of uh, what I think is interesting about this race as we look into Election Eve. And we've got a lot of stuff for you tonight. We've got a lot of stuff for you tomorrow as well. Uh, a little bit later in the program, we're going to have Raymond Arroyo. You've seen him on Fox News. We're going to talk about uh, some pre-election, uh, Election Eve um, predictions and thoughts and and uh, some new stuff that he's working on. Uh, plus, we have some other guests. We have some interesting data coming in about uh, crime related to the border as well. So I want to keep you up to speed on that. Plus, we have uh, pollster John McLaughlin scheduled to be with us. And uh, his insight is always very, very invaluable. But I want to talk quickly about the importance of voting because I don't know if this happens to everybody in this business. I, most people like to say things like, oh, you people in talk radio. But I think all of us are very, very unique. And uh, we, we, we tend not to run in the same circles. And while we may know many of the people uh, in, in you know similar um, circles, it doesn't mean that we're always in those. And I, I can tell you some of the stuff that I hear, very discouraging. I hear a lot of people saying, you know what, we are just not really enthused to vote. A lot of people, uh, and I'm talking about conservatives, that are telling me they're just, they feel like their vote won't count. They feel like th- this isn't it. And uh, I'm thinking that's exactly how you um, suppress a vote is by getting people to become apathetic in their voting and saying, look, your vote doesn't count. Why vote? Why bother? Doesn't make a difference. And just a quick update, uh, President Trump, former President Trump is giving a, his speech, he's closing it out, and he has promised a major announcement on November 15th. So we'll keep you up to speed on that. And I think my prediction that he will not announce tonight was accurate. But let's, you know, we'll see what happens before he ends. We're keeping that monitored. Now, with, the, uh, with respect to what I was just saying, it's so important to vote. And uh, I try not to miss an election just because I kind of always liken it to there was a time when not everybody could vote. And I, I, I count myself blessed to be able to vote. And even in the bluest of all states, you know, I've, I've voted in New Jersey most of my adult life. Um, yeah, I, I vote. My vote. I don't think my votes ever really counted, <laughs> but I vote every time because I know that, you know, people fought for that. There was a lot of people that put a lot of things on the line in order to have that ability to vote. And who am I to sit here and, you know, be flippant about it and say, nah, I'm not going to vote. My vote doesn't count. I think it does count. Even in a situation where you feel it doesn't count or whether you're outnumbered, you know, 10 to 1 or 9 to 1, like sometimes we are in New Jersey most of the time, right? Democrats or Republican. So my point is it's not about party politics. I really don't even care who you're voting for as long as you do because I think it's important to have faith in the institution of voting. The minute you start, you can question it all you want. Say, look, I don't think this is right. Like in Pennsylvania, they, um, the courts decided we're not going to allow people to send in ballots that are not dated. I think that's fair. I think it's very fair. And the Fetterman campaign said, you know, well, we're going to have to sue. And we're going to sue because we want to make sure that people that may have screwed up the, uh, the dating on that, that their vote counts. And I think the courts already decided that, but they're suing anyway. And, uh, and that's something we'll get into a little bit later. But to me, the bottom line is don't allow apathy to take over. It's of critical importance that you get out and vote. And honestly, wh- whoever you're voting for, I really don't care. I would prefer that you vote for somebody that's going to take away power from the, the status quo, from the current establishment. 
So whoever's in office right now that's responsible for what's happening, whoever has the majority of power in Congress, uh, in this case, the Democrats, I would hope that they get voted out and, um, you know, we could begin to kind of stop the bleeding of what's going on. Maybe we can get back to energy production eventually. It's going to take a while to fix things, inflation being um, chief among those things. But this stuff is critical. So don't take it for granted. Please. Anyway, that's my PSA, and I'm done with it. If you want to give us a call, 866-505-4626, 866-50-JIMBO is the phone number. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, and we'll come in right back. All right, America, welcome back. It's Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. And I'm on all the social media, at Rich Valdez, if you want to tune in that way. Or give us a call, 866-505-4626. And I wanted to get into um, a little bit about what's going on, what we can expect, get a couple of hot takes on the election. Now, to set the stage, some years ago, many years ago, when back when Greta Van Susteren was on Fox News and Tucker Carlson was on MSNBC, I used to watch a program called... Uh, the World Over with Raymond Arroyo. Great show on EWTN, EWTN, and I used to kind of flip back and forth between EWTN and um, TBN, the Trinity Broadcast Network. Uh, the, I'm an evangelical Christian, but I always enjoyed everything that was uh, on EWTN because it's rare to find news commentary that is kind of packaged in a way that's consistent with one's faith and, and goes through the same worldview. And it was really cool when I saw his name come across my desk and said he had a new project he was working on. And I said, you know what? I've seen him on Fox. I want to get his take on a few things. So let's welcome Raymond Arroyo. Welcome to the program. Oh, Rich, my honor to be with you. I'm delighted you you saw me over at the uh, the other mothership. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was always a great show. And I said, oh, my gosh, there's there's a Hispanic guy on TV. And I thought that's see great. That? I'm one. It's Geraldo, you and me, Rich. We're the only yes. three guys standing that's it <laughs> it's a small world so uh i was i was uh really happy to hear that you were um coming on board and i i know you have to go kind of early because you got to go to your duties on fox news so we'll we'll get through this quickly but tell me what your thoughts are speaking of hispanics on what you think yeah. of hispanic turnout in uh in the most recent elections we've had and what you think it's going to look like tomorrow well, Rich, I, I, I've been speaking to voters over the last few weeks in Texas, Louisiana, in New York last week. Uh, it's very clear the Hispanic community is just sort of coming home to something closer to where they've always been. Look, I, I, you and I know the, the, the Hispanic people are hardworking. They're family-centered. They're faith-based. They're, they're in their gut conservative people who want to be entrepreneurial and are entrepreneurial, and they want opportunity. That's what they came here for. You know, my father came, came here from Guatemala and, and served in the military and built his own business from nothing. He's, he's probably more proudly American than, than any native-born son or, or daughter. Um, and, and I think that goes for a lot of Hispanic people who came here uh, through very difficult hardships to get to this country. And I think what's happening is they have seen over the last few years their freedoms constrict and their values have been under assault by a party that they thought was their friend. 
and uh, I think the pro-life issue, I think uh, some of the gender stuff moving through the school system, what they're seeing their children learn in these public schools, all of that has driven them, I think, bit by bit, year by year, closer to the Republican Party rather than the Democratic Party. But now it's up to that to the Republican Party to stay true to those values and to stay true to these voters who are coming to them. Yeah, and I think that's a great assessment, talking about values and the match in those values. But when it comes to issues, what, what do you think, mm-hmm. uh, or at least from your assessment of talking with voters across the country, what, what sense do you have that um, what we're hearing that inflation and crime are the biggest issues? Or are you hearing something else? No, that, that's what I keep hearing time and time again. I was out for hours the other day in New York. And so, I, you know, in New York City, you see everybody, people from North Carolina, you got hardened New Yorkers, you got people from Texas and Kansas who are visiting, shopping. Um, to a person, they all said inflation, crime. These are the two big burning issues. And look, the reason that New York district is in play, the, the, the gubernatorial election mm-hmm. in New York, it's all because of crime. Uh, people are living with it every day. The subways are overrun. It, it's like uh, an episode of The Walking Dead, Rich, when you walk through, uh, you know, up Sixth Avenue. I go you got to hop studio, over the zombies. Right? Yeah, you hop over the zombies. You got these shambling drug addicts in one corner. People are taking swings at each other. They're crazy people talking to themselves. I mean, it is a nightmare. It's like something out of a, 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 a apocalyptic novel. Um, and yet here we are. So it's clear if you don't have public safety, you can't have public progress or entrepreneurship. And that's where we are right now. And I think everybody's feeling that, whether you're in New York or you're in New Orleans or Chicago or California, the crime is a major issue. And, of course, inflation is destroying people's budgets. Um, And I think those are the two main drivers this cycle. No matter, you know, I know Kamala Harris tonight was doing a big special on BET talking about abortion for an hour. That's the best she has to offer the, the African-American community who identifies, incidentally, violent crime and inflation as their two top issues. Abortion, it doesn't even make the top five. But there she was tonight. What do you think of this strategy, Raymond Arroyo, that they're using uh, of putting abortion out there, of putting January 6th at the forefront and ignoring what the voters are actually saying? Well, uh, look, I think it's they, they've been very successful and Democrats are really good at this changing the narrative and getting people to look, you know, away rather than at the, the shells on the table. Uh, that, that's been a brilliant strategy that, that for many years worked, Rich. Mm-hmm. But this cycle, you know, when you're in pain, when you can't feed your family, when you're suffering directly because you're, you're making a decision whether I'm going to buy, uh, you know, hamburger meat or fill up the car, those are hard things to overlook and to, you, it's very hard to change the subject when people are suffering, and that's what's happening. So the, the narrative shifting is a lot harder when the pain of that reality hits home. And I think it has, and I think it will continue, particularly working-class people and people of color. It's, it's affecting in a very profound way. That's why we're seeing this shift in African-American communities, Hispanic communities. I think they're taking a second look and willing to give the Republicans a chance but the Republicans have to make good on that chance. And, you know, this is an unpopular take, Rich, but I'll just say it. Uh, the Republicans may win tomorrow and sweep tomorrow. They do so by default because of the lousy policies of, of Joe Biden and the Democratic Party. 
they now have to come up with a governing agenda that is attractive, winsome, and wins over this group of people who are willing to give them a shot. That's the challenge for Republicans. Yep. Well put. Uh, folks, again, we're on with Raymond Arroyo. He's from the Fox News Channel as a contributor and the host of The World Over on EWTN. Now, before we get to the book, I just quickly want to know, mm. do you have any races that you're looking at in particular? Well, I, look, I think the, the Pennsylvania race is probably going to be uh, – th- these are all harbingers of what we're going to expect in the presidential mm. campaign. Uh, Pennsylvania is a very tough – uh, ground for any politician. I mean, remember, uh, the, the one the President Biden only won Pennsylvania by 1.3 percent. I mean, it's a very slim, slim majority. Uh, so my guess is this is going to be even slimmer uh, this time out between Fetterman and Oz. Now, I think because of Fetterman's horrible debate performance, and his ongoing cognitive difficulties and communicating difficulties, uh, he will probably suffer and lose a point or two. Oz may squeak that out. We'll also see what happens in Georgia. I mean, the fact that, that Kemp has been able to hold on and, and uh, in poll after poll beat Stacey Abrams, that shows you that this is a – the people there are willing to give common-sense policies a try. Um, and when you go too far, they will punish you for it. They don't like mm-hmm. that. But these are basically conservative people. And uh, we'll see. We'll see who turns out tomorrow. This is a turnout game and a passion game. Um, and I think, uh, you know, the polls are one thing. The, the only poll that matters is the vote that people cast tomorrow. That's right. Now, Raymond Arroyo, you have a book. And this has uh, taken I've been taken aback here because I'm reading about it. And yeah. it says there was not just three wise men. I grew up thinking there was <laughs> Los Reyes Mago, right? There, there was three right? wise men. And uh, I, I'm just shocked here. You wrote this book, The Wise Men Who Found Christmas. Tell us about it. Well, uh, Rich, I set out to write a book. Of, you know, I had written two previous books of old legends interesting legends, one concerning a spider at Christmas time who, you know, may have saved the Holy Family. It's a second century legend, but it's very sweet. Points us back to the nativity. It was a New York Times bestseller. And I said, well, I'll write now a, a, a book, a legend about the wise men. So I went rooting around and I found out everything we know about the wise men, Rich, everything is legendary. There were more than three of them. They were not kings and they were not from the Far East. So I decided I was going to tell in a picture book form for families uh, the true story of the wise men. So this is the wise men who found Christmas, who were stargazers, probably members of a priestly um, uh, caste, either Persian priests or I think members of the first temple royal priesthood of Jerusalem, Jewish priests, who this may have been the descendants of those priests who were cast out. 700 years before Jesus comes onto the scene, their descendants may have been looking for this Messiah, and they were in Petra. They were in modern-day Petra, which is only about 300 miles Let me just say, Raymond Arroyo, that I think this is very big. This is bigger than Geraldo's vault. Uh, So I think, folks, you got to get this book. (laughs) The Wise Men Who Found Christmas by Raymond Arroyo. It's on Amazon. Get it now. You can pre-order it right now. The Wise Men Who Found Christmas. Raymond Arroyo, I wish I could have you for another segment, but I know you got to go. Duty calls. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, my friend. God bless you. You got it. God bless. All right, folks, more to come straight ahead. We've got a lot more in store for you tonight. Don't go anywhere. It's Rich Valdez. We'll be right back.
you ready for hard-hitting observations? She is the least credible person I may have ever seen on camera. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Guys, not everything is 40 chess. Why can't we just laugh? Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. We all know I'm the number one rapper in the world thanks to Facts by Tom McDonald. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. A very big announcement on Tuesday, November 15th, at Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida. Now, I don't know what's more striking there, the announcement or the violins that were playing under him as he spoke, creating that suspenseful thriller of a moment. Anyway, that's former President Trump at his rally in Ohio earlier tonight, trying to get the vote out in Ohio, which is a uh, battleground state. And uh, we're looking for your reactions on that. I'd love to hear your opinions. 866-505-4626. Let us go to New Jersey. Jersey in the building. Lance and Galloway, welcome. Hey, good evening there, Rich. I'm so glad you started. Uh, Raymond Aurora are on there for it with you. And Isn't he I terrific? wanted to, uh, yeah, he certainly is. And the, I just wanted to share uh, something. First uh, Peter's two twenty, uh, where he says, "God will bless you if you have to suffer by doing something good." And I think tomorrow, everyone will be doing good if they truly go out and vote and make a difference. And I, I wanted to share that with him. And in regards to the violin. Uh, uh, <laughs> serenade, and then Donald, uh, President Trump is talking over it. For the last 21 months, America has been in a, I would say, atrophied environment, whereas they have the Biden administration, or as they call it, the Biden cartel and all its little satellites throughout <laughs> the nation, have yeah. literally locked us down, tied our hands behind our back, told us to sit and look at the picture of see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. And it has literally atrophied our economy, our faith, and belief in the systems that we grew up with, like getting a good education, having safety, proper law enforcement, and justice for all. And we can see that there is more than two tiers of justice. And hopefully tomorrow the American voice and the true American spirit will come up and surface tomorrow and we, I hope we don't have to wait 72 hours, like uh, like five business days for electoral votes. That's ridiculous. But I just wanted to wish everybody very a peaceful night and a very good day tomorrow because we are uh, literally, there's 12 hours that the polls are open and everyone has a, a right to go and vote, but they have to know what they're voting for, not just who. That's all. Yeah, really well put, Lance. I agree. Let me ask you a question about, um, I know you're a former educator. Uh, where do you think it started, or did you observe in your time in the classroom? Did, where did you observe, or did you observe uh, how, how it started to go south 
I feel like, you know, being a Gen Xer, I feel like I'm, I feel like part of the last generation that was taught how important our, our vote, our vote was and the importance of going out and voting and being involved civically. Uh, I know I speak to others and, you know, they're just like, we don't watch the news. We don't care. We don't, you know, and I'm just thinking, what, what, what's going on here? You hit the common denominator word there, civics. When they took civics out of this, uh, basically, you would, normally when you went to school, especially high school, you had U.S. history, you had world history, American history, then U.S. history one, U.S. history two. And within that, the whole semester or the, you know, the year, school year, which is too short, if you ask me, it shouldn't be 180 days. It should be about 200 days. Because just mm-hmm. like the Philippines, as Gil says, that's every every nation that is above us now educationally, especially math and science and reading, uh, they're they're going to school longer. And you can even look at parochial schools and uh, charter schools in the United States. Here, some states are allowing that. But I I just want to stress that it's this when they took away civics and they just didn't want you to know anything, they took away your your idealism in regards to what it is to really become a citizen and to vote. And I think that was uh, maybe 15 years ago. But as an educator and being in special ed and teaching math and science, I really, you know, there's so much that you're you know, responsible for, from IEPs to meetings to talking with parents to dealing with new procedures, especially when last 20 years we've had everything from uh, Columbine to uh, lockdowns to uh, shootings and everything like that, metal detectors, dogs in school. So everything was, like, pushed under the rug. So these things, these seeds, these, I call them the Trojan horse seeds, were planted through administrators and also school boards. So it's really... a a, a very different type of onion that you can t- cut, has to constantly be vigilant about. You can't just smell it. You got to look through it and look like a telescope and a microscope. You can see things far away with a telescope, but in order to see it down to earth, you got to look under that microscope. And I have news for you. There's so many people that are disengaged. I call them transparent parents. They're not <laughs> res- now are coming Johnny come lately because now parents are more involved with their child what's going on because they overheard through Zoom and other things that kids were not what they were learning. And now to take sexuality and to bring it forefront, that's absolutely ludicrous. You know, You're parents right. raise their own children. The schools are not a nanny state. And I'll just leave you with this. I just wish President Biden would follow one of my cardinal's rules when there was too much talking in the classroom. A closed mouth gathers no feet. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Lance. I appreciate it. And, you know, you you bring up a good point. And this point that you made about when civics were removed from the classroom. And, of course, I think civics remain part of the curriculum, but they're not taught the same way and there isn't the same focus on them or it might be more uh, part of, a a segment of social studies overall. Yet, a couple of years ago, the New Jersey legislature, and just specifically speaking about that, because, you know, Lance is in New Jersey, and I know about this, they passed uh, a law saying that it's required to teach about um, the different types of genders and gender fluidity and different types of sexuality. That's required now to teach about transsexuals as part of the state curriculum. And it's not required to have, you know, an overemphasis on 
on civic engagement and whatnot. And I just find that to be remarkable. And it, when you wonder why things are going the way they're going, this is how children are being trained. And I think this is one of the biggest hot button issues that's out there where parents are kind of saying, you know what, I just, this doesn't sit right with me. Many of them uh, say, you know, uh, well, you know, to each his own and this and that. But everybody who says, look, you do whatever you want to do and that, that, that's up to you. You make your own choices. Uh, as long as it doesn't affect me and my family. But this is the, the problem is it now does affect you and your family. You've got this extremely high rate of children identifying as something other than they were biologically assigned, as they say. Is this an accident? Is it a coincidence? Is it some massive convergence of, of people just uh, awakening to this new gender? Or is it being coaxed and encouraged and indoctrinated in the classroom? Or even in the in the um, in the exam room when you go to visit your doctor. I've had the good fortune of having two kids, and I can tell you that the doctor visits for kid number one, which is four years older than kid number two, totally different. Never in a million years was I ever asked to leave the room so that they could privately have discussions with my kid at like 11 years old. That happens now. They, at least they tried to do that, and I objected to it. I tried to go along with it, and then, you know, I tried to be polite. And then the doctor gave me a clipboard and said, oh, dad, I forgot to give this to the front desk. Would you mind dropping it off up there? And I thought, if I didn't know better, I think this lady's trying to get me out of the room. But I said, you know, let me be polite. And I did it. And I took it and I brought it over and I walked back and she said, oh, we're almost done. And I was like, almost done doing what? My kid's a minor. I haven't consented for you to do whatever exam you're doing by yourself with her. And and, you know, and I asked her what what, what was happening. And she said, oh, she was talking to me about sex. Oh, wow. Look at that. So I and of course, the doctor justifies, well, we some parents aren't comfortable, but we like to talk to them because and they were trying to promote a vaccine. Point is, that didn't happen with the other kid. It was a bridge I never had to cross because it didn't happen. But now it's happening. Doctors do certain doctors that adhere to these types of philosophies uh, or ideologies. They say, you know what, I'm going to do whatever I got to do to get the parent out of the room so we can corner the kid and speak with them freely so that, you know, and, and again, this was not the approach, but just four years earlier. So just some food for thought. And I think that is what's on the ballot tomorrow, that along with so many other things. And we're going to get to the rest of your calls and more uh, stacked show for you tonight. Anyway, don't go anywhere. I am Rich Valdez. We'll be right back. America. Welcome back. It's Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S on all the social media at Rich Valdez. Our phone number 866-505-4626. And uh, some Democrats are saying, look, we realize we've lost our way, while others are saying, no, 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 no. This is fantastic. We're, we're in the best position we've ever been in. And one of those is Kate Bedingfield. She's the communications director at the White House. She was on CNN today. And she says that what we're seeing right now is enormous popularity for the Biden agenda. Listen to this. Well, look, Jim, you're right. Historically, first midterm for a president can be challenging. But look, across the board, what we're seeing is enormous popularity for the Biden agenda, the things that he's been able to accomplish, including lowering prescription drug costs, lowering energy bills, making the single biggest investment in tax 
tackling climate change that we've made in the history of the United States. We see that the things that President Biden's been able to accomplish in the first two years, almost two years of his term, uh, is historically popular. Is historically popular. Yeah. And that's always the excuse, right? When you get beaten in the midterms by the opposing party, it's always that, um, you know, it's it's historical. The problem is it's what's also historical is that this is a referendum on the White House. And I think there's no if, ands or buts about that. So I just it's interesting how they try to spin their way out of this and say that, you know, we're seeing enormous popularity. I can't find this enormous popularity. Now, listen, I do make a life and a living out of, you know, bashing Joe El Baboso Biden, as I like to call him, and his policies, and for the most part, the Democrat Party, who I usually take exception with, granted, all true, and, and even the Republicans, you know, guys like um, Mitch McConnell and his ilk, uh, not, not my cup of tea, you know, I, w- I would never claim to be a McConnell Republican, you know, uh, I don't even claim to be a Republican most days, I, I'm conservative uh, libertarian leaning kind of person. But anyway, my, my point in saying that is I'm hard pressed to find people that are like, listen, I love Joe Biden. Joe Biden's the best thing ever. Even the people that call here to tell me that I'm wrong and I'm this and I'm that and call me names. None of them want to support Joe Biden either. They don't ever, they just, you know, it's more like, what about why about Trump? What about this? You know, it's never, we love Joe. So I want to give you an opportunity so that people don't think that I'm spinning the truth. If you love Biden and you have a, a clear, solid, articulate case that you can make and say, you know what, I, I really appreciate Joe Biden because under Joe Biden, inflation's gone up. And that's a good thing because under Joe Biden, we've seen, um, you know, unemployment go up in the month of October. And that's good because of blank. If you can call and make a case and say, you know, the, the reason that that crime is is appealing to me is because please do. Give me a call. And and I'm being facetious, you know, in my pitch here, but I really do want to hear from anybody that that really can effectively make the case for Joe Biden without the yelling, without just honestly just tell me this is there's a reason why Joe's better. And if the reason is because the alternative would be Trump and Trump is just all sorts of bad three degrees removed from Satan, then that's not really thinking and it's not very well uh, uh, thought out, in my opinion. But let's give it a shot. 866-505-4626. Now, the way, or excuse me, third way, third way is a center-left think tank. And uh, earlier, they said that the Democrats are too far radical and out of touch in the minds of midterm voters. And this is according to DailyWire.com. The organization, which is supported by multiple prominent members of Congress, conducted a poll of likely voters revealing that Democrats are deeply underwater on the issues and that Americans are predominantly considering all of that as they head to the polls. Republicans are still in a double-digit advantage over Democrats on the economy, on immigration, and more than half, 56%, say that Democrats are, quote, not focused enough on the economy, while 36% are expressing the same sentiment about their opponents. So Democrats have really dug their heels in here, and they're saying it's all about abortion. It's all about Roe v. Wade being overturned. Raymond Arroyo was just with us, and he said that, you know, Kamala Harris was doing a special on BET about this very topic. To me, that sounds like damage control. To me, that sounds like, all right, we got to go on BET and try to have our 
black vice president appealed to black viewers on BET to try to minimize black voters no longer being interested and not wanting to turn out in an election where turnout's going to be an issue to begin with. That, to me, doesn't sound like what uh, Kate Bedingfield said, that there's uh, enormous support for the popularity of the Biden agenda. <laughs> so, I mean, there's spin and then there's straight up fantasy land. And this, to me, strikes me as fantasy land. I don't believe this stuff for a second. Uh, if I'm wrong, you let me know. But it doesn't seem like this is um, going to go over well. Now, listen, I have not from from the beginning of of. I don't know, since we've really been focusing on elections, I guess the last week or two, I have never said I think that there's going to be a red wave. I said I think Republicans will do well, uh, but I do believe that there's going to be a bunch of what people may consider upsets where Republicans were expected to win or to do really well, and they're not going to do well. And some people are going to say, that's it, I knew it, they're cheating. And others, I think, me being those others, I'm going to say, no, I think we took things for granted. I know people that love this country and don't like a lot of the Democrat policies, but they're incredibly apathetic towards voting and they think that their vote doesn't matter. And they'd rather send me links to YouTube videos or these other obscure sites that allow just about anything on there and telling me that, you know, um, about the Brazilian election and, and about the election here and just crazy, crazy things where they detach themselves from reality and really just will sip up any propaganda that comes their way. And this is something that I, I find really concerning because if we sit there and complain that the, this is getting stolen and that's getting stolen and we don't do anything to change it by voting, then we're screwed. Anyway, there's more to come straight ahead. I'm Rich Valdez. We'll be right back. America, welcome back. I was just talking about daylight savings time versus the other time and the clock and this and that during the break. And uh, I got to say, I, I'm okay with um, killing it. I think, you know, pick one time and stick with it. I, I'm okay with that. We'll talk about that and the uh, the eclipse and just all the other stuff that's going on. We're going to do that in the final hour of the program. Open phone America as well. Your calls from straight across the country. But we still have uh, a couple of experts that are going to join us in the next hour, and I don't want you to miss it. One is an expert on elections. He worked for President Trump uh, regarding polling. And uh, another one is uh, the head of a think tank that has some really eye-opening stuff on crime. But first, something I wanted to share with you in the um, in the open of the program was a little bit about my weekend. And um, I have to proudly say my daughter is a student at Liberty University. I don't usually talk about this stuff, but very proud of her because she uh, joined the Taekwondo team at Liberty University, which competes against other schools like MIT and Harvard and uh, Northeastern and other schools that have Taekwondo teams and regionally, kind of like Northeast type of thing. And I went to their competition at Cornell University just yesterday, and I was blown away by the talent and ability of so many of these athletes, um, not the least of which was my Jada. She did a great job. She um, was scheduled for a, a bout against uh, someone in her weight class, and lo and behold, they didn't have somebody in her weight class that had the same belt level as her. 
So she was kind of bummed out that she didn't get to, you know, show me her stuff. But uh, her team won again, and then another opportunity presented itself, and uh, she got to go against somebody that had a higher belt than her and in the same weight class, and she brought it to this girl and really did a number on her. Those pictures are on my social media, at Rich Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez, if you want to take a look. Uh, she really did some damage, and um, I'm really proud of her, mainly because of the discipline and, and, you know, her success in the sport and all that. Not that she, you know, um, you know, did damage on the girl. That's just me being a proud dad. But I wanted to mention that because um, it, it was very new experience for me. I had not done that before. And the only time I've ever spent rolling around on a mat was with jiu-jitsu, not with taekwondo, which is a really fascinating sport. So anyway, there's more to come straight ahead. We've got John McLaughlin scheduled to be with us and James Agresti. Don't go anywhere. I'm Rich Valdez. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? <laughs> In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen. Hi there and good evening. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Our telephone number is 866-505-4626, 866-505-4626 if you want to join the conversation. And I'm at Rich Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez with an S on all of the social media. You can chime in that way as well. Now, I want to talk about polls a little bit, and there was some controversial audio that I heard uh, just a little while ago, and I want to share it with you so that you could have some perspective on some of what's going on coming out of the mouths of some of our candidates. Listen to this. I do not believe it's because of a deep well of enthusiasm for my opponent. We know that black voters are often discounted. And unfortunately, this year, black men have been a very targeted population for misinformation, not misinformation about what they want, but about why they want what they deserve. And my campaign has been the only one that has very intentionally, thoughtfully, and consistently reached out. That has been misconstrued as concern when it indeed is just respect. So the, the question here is, <laughs> black men have been targeted for, basically she's saying that they're being told what to think. And I, I'm thinking the presumption here is that they don't know what to think, or are you just playing some damage control because for for the first time in a really long time, or we've been seeing this grow for quite some time now, the last couple of years, that a lot of minority groups, not just black men, but black, uh, black women, um, um, Hispanic women, black uh, Hispanic men, they have been trending away from the Democrats. And I think this is an area where um, we need an expert, right? We've got to go to an expert like John McLaughlin from McLaughlin Associates. He was a pollster to President Trump. You've seen him on TV a million and two times. He's uh, one of the best in the business, and uh, he's got his finger on the pulse. I know he knows what's going on with most of these races. He's involved in a couple of these races, so let's welcome John McLaughlin. John McLaughlin, welcome to the program. Rich, pleasure to be with you. 
Thank you, brother. Thanks for joining us. So uh, we're getting this preview on on what's going on. What do you think of what Stacey Abrams had to say about about the polling and it really being just misinformation? Well, I think, I you know, when you think about what's going on in Georgia and, and nationally, too, it's like working class Americans of, of all colors, denominations, et cetera, are moving away from the Democrat Party. And uh, you've seen it among Hispanic voters. You're seeing it among African-American voters. You're seeing many Asian voters. But it's basically that the uh, the Democratic Party has become the party of the, the rich elites where uh, uh, they, they, they don't care about working people. And, and you see now, you you know, inflation is a, is a painful tax on, on most Americans right now. That's the top economic issue in our recent October survey. Uh, 65% of all voters thought the country was on the wrong track. 60% think we're in a recession. They think the economy is getting worse, not better, 67 to 26. And 47% of all Americans uh, say that they've been so affected by inflation that they're having trouble meeting basic necessities. And that number is across the board, whether you're white, African-American, Hispanic. And when you look at it, African-Americans are giving roughly, you know, about uh, uh, 15 to 20 percent of their vote now is showing up in the polls that they're going for uh, Republicans and Hispanic voters it's someplace between, you know, 35 and 40 percent, depending on, you know, when you poll. And it's mainly because, you know, they're buying gas, and they're buying groceries every day and it's not good. And, uh, you know, they're 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 having really they are really having trouble making ends meet. And, uh you know, people are just saying, they're telling you right now, they'll tell you the price of gas is going up again. They'll tell you when they go to the supermarket, they're getting sticker shack. They're trying to put together a Thanksgiving dinner for their family. and They're paying double what they paid last year. And, you know, now, if, and if you live up north, you, to get heating oils, double and triple what it cost uh, oh last year. So, so you know, for for working class Americans, um, it's, it's, it's not good right now. And, and they're going to take matters into their own hands on Tuesday and vote for change. So you can see that coming. And Stacey Abrams in Georgia, I mean, you know, she's just, she doesn't have any solutions for them. I mean, Brian Kemp has done a good job with lowering taxes, et cetera. Uh, you've got a crime problem that's nationwide, whether you're in Georgia. In New York, Lee Zeldin is uh, uh, in a tie with Kathy Hochul that he, he has a very good chance to win tomorrow in New York, depending mm-hmm. on turnout. But the turnout looks good. So. You know, and you can see, by the way, in the states where you have early voting, uh, Georgia, uh, the, you know, you got two and a half million votes cast in person early voting. And they changed the election law that the Republican majority requires voter ID for uh, in-person or absentee balloting. And, uh, you know, there are no excuse absentees and you get, you do have an extended period. And uh, um, no one's complaining that civil rights are denied. And you can see that there's increasing numbers of independent voters coming in. And the number of Democrats in proportion has been lowered. And the number of African-American voters, because it's a civil rights state that they keep track, mm-hmm. uh, they started at roughly 39, 36% of the early vote. It's now down to 29%. So, um, so they're coming out. But, you know, its census is 30% in Georgia, so they're not coming out in proportion in disproportion numbers that you expect like in 2020 when they had a lot of early vote and tilted Democrat here. Now you're getting, uh, 
uh, you're getting a lower amount. And like in New York, where they have uh, uh, over a million voters who voted early, it's not as high in New York City. It's higher in the suburbs and upstate. And so you're seeing, um, again, the Democratic numbers being lowered and the Republicans coming in and the independents who are coming in are more likely to vote Republican. And the Republicans are taking a share of the minority vote, whether it's Hispanic, whether it's uh, African-American, whether it's Asian, that the Democratic Party is, is really, you know, in a panic mode right now. So, uh, they're losing out. So, yeah, they're losing out. And they've lost touch. I mean, when you think about it, you know, I mean, you've got a lot of Hispanics, you know, came here legally, played by the rules, and now they're seeing the border wide open. They're having crime in their, in their communities. There's a fentanyl problem. Um, and, you know, there's cultural issues where, uh, uh, the, you know, the Democrats want to talk about Hispanic voters as Latinx. They don't like the term. Right. Uh, it's, it's like it's like the the Spanish culture is based on the language is based on male and and, and, and masculine and feminine. Everything right. has a lot or an L and all of a sudden the liberals want to change it and neuter. It. It's like, you know, it's, uh, there's a revolt going on culturally right now where people are just not tolerating this kind of, uh, uh, you know, that they're being told to, you know, you're going to have to, you know, teach little kids about transgenderism. I mean, that's just anathema to a lot of people. I mean, Elon Omar, She's the congresswoman of Minnesota. She was speaking in front of 10,000 Somalis, uh, and she got booed because they I don't like it. It, it. It's unbelievable because they, they're, they're... She no you know, longer right stands now, for what they believe in. Yeah, their values. And so you've got this cultural thing going on. You've got certainly an economic issue going on where the, the, the basically the heartland of America is about to rise up tomorrow and vote a lot of Democrats out of office. All right, folks, that's John McLaughlin. He's with us for another segment. And, John, when we come back, I want to get your take on a couple of specific races, and I want to figure out what's going on, or at least your take on those. But first, I want to talk about inflation, because uh, inflation continues to be a plague on our economy, our families, our savings, and the irresponsible spending from the left continues to exacerbate the problem, and you can't be over-leveraged in the stock market. Don't let your savings wither away. Hedge inflation with gold from Birch Gold Group. So listen, do this. Text Rich, that's my name, R-I-C-H, to 989898 and receive a free info kit on gold. For nearly 20 years, Birch Gold has been the foremost expert in converting IRAs and 401ks into an IRA in gold. Text Rich, R-I-C-H, to 989898. Do it now and you'll get a free gold bar. You get a free gold bar with any purchase by December 22nd, but you got to claim your offer by Black Friday. Don't let the left devalue your savings. Instead, own your own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold is going to help you set it up. Just make sure you place this order by December 22nd. I can't stress that enough. Birch Gold is going to send you a free gold bar. So text my name, R-I-C-H, Rich, to 989898 and secure your future with gold. Do it today. And remember, past performance is not a guarantee of future results and message and data rates may apply. More to come straight ahead. We're here with John McLaughlin. So there's the report from Jackie Quinn. I'm Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, by the way, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And our guest is John McLaughlin, pollster extraordinaire, McLaughlin Associates. You can check him out at McLaughlin 
www.thepatriotonline.com if you want to see some of the surveys they're doing. And you, you see him regularly on television, hear him on radio. He's the ubiquitous John McLaughlin. Now, John, you, you just heard this report. And in this report, they're talking about the Justice Department uh, doing all that. What type of effect do you have or do you have a survey that's kind of measured the effect that suppression from our own government meddling uh, might have on the election? I don't think it's going to I don't if anything, it's going to encourage people to go vote. But in the meantime, uh, you know, last year in New York state, the Democrats had put three measures on the ballot, one to uh, uh, to basically get rid of a redistricting commission that the voters had passed in a referendum statewide, uh, also to allow same day uh, registration uh, with, in a state where you don't have voter ID. And, and also have no excuse absentees, so you legalize ballot harvesting. Well, what happened was the voters in deep blue New York, mm. suspecting fraud, uh, and it, uh, voted it down 56 to 58 percent, all those three ballots in a row. And people want honest elections. They want fair elections. They want to feel safe, honest, and fair. And in Georgia, like I said, they changed the, the, the Republican majority in the House changed the election law they had to require voter ID whether you're voting in person voting absentee and also got rid of the unsecured drop boxes where over 300,000 ballots still have no chain of custody records they were you know Zuckerberg drop boxes they paid for you know with millions of dollars in grants that were supposedly non-profits and non-partisan mm-hmm. but they were drop boxes were in uh, areas where it favored Democrats so it's you know, they could collect ballot and there's now films and documentaries about, you know, people dropping off, you know, hundreds of ballots. And, uh, you know, you're, sp- you're not supposed to drop off anybody's ballot except your own. So uh, uh, so that went on two years ago in Georgia, not going on this year. So uh, people want they want to know that the election is honest, fair. They want to be safe when they're voting. So what the federal government, what Joe Biden's doing right now. As long as it's, you know, not, you know, tilting a table towards uh, one party or the other, uh, you know, that's that's fine. But I think there's a lot of uh, the Republicans on their part, particularly in certain states uh, where they saw abuse going on before. You know, they're watching and they're trying to make sure that this election, that there's no questioning about the results that people know uh, on election night or soon thereafter who, who actually won the race. And that every ballot was counted and every ballot was honest. So, you know, in New York State, they tried to pass a law. In New York City, the city council, they tried to allow uh, non-citizens to vote. (laughs) Yeah, 800,000 non-citizens. And it's like, you know, why should my vote be canceled out by somebody who's not a citizen? I mean, you know, that's just, uh, you know, it was unconstitutional, of course, to throw it out. But, uh, uh but to, to, to contemplate things like that, why would you do that? I mean, it's like, you know, the Democrats, uh, they keep They're on reaching. changing the rules. They don't like voter ID. You know, they, you can't get on a plane without voter ID. Without ID, you can't, you know, most countries. I just worked for Bibi Netanyahu in Israel. In Israel, you have to show up in the polls on Election Day. And you have to show ID. And you're allowed a paper ballot that they're able to count later on. And nobody Good. questioned the results of the election, and BB won decisively. So, uh, uh, or his coalition won decisively. So, you know, why should we have the same thing here? Most European countries, they don't allow 
early absentee voting. They don't want paper anything other than an honest ballot. They think it counts. So, uh, uh, you know, so the United States, it's uh, you know, there's people, you know, going the wrong way, being made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I want to so backtrack. Hopefully, it's uh, fixed. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I just wanted to go back real quick because you mentioned New York State, and uh, there's a story that came out a little while ago, a few hours back, about this Zeldin supporter that was choked uh, over the weekend uh, by a Hokel mm-hmm. person, and uh, her name, uh, she's an Afro-Latina woman, and Helica right. Torres is her name. And, you know, when she voiced her opinion about Zeldin, she gets choked out. This comes, you know, following what Kathy Hokel says is, and Bill Clinton and every other Democrat that's been coming to New York trying to drum up votes, saying there isn't a crime problem in New York. And right. I'm wondering, do, again, you're the pollster, uh, so mathematically here, do you have any data or any sense from the surveys you've done that people are believing anything they're saying or that, you know, the Republicans are creating, you know, Barack Obama, what do you say? It's like they're giving out bats and baseball bats and uh, to people in the morning. It's just not happening. You know, I, I just I feel like they're ridiculing something that's very severe. And uh, I don't know that that's going to work. Well, full disclosure, I work for Lee Zelda. I've always worked for him since he first ran for Congress. And, uh, you know, and then he he lost that race in 2008. But then he came back, ran for state senate. And then he worked. We've got like the Congress and he's been in Congress since. And uh, um, so Lee's doing very well because he's correctly focused on crime as the top issue statewide because we have this cash bail. Mm-hmm. We also have these, these out of control parole boards. And, uh, um, you know, you got all these cases, these very human cases where you're talking about um, Jose Alba, the, the uh, oh, Dominican yeah. bodega. He had to go back to San Domingo because he doesn't feel safe in New York. You, so you have the crime, you know, so, you know, like Lee Zeldin was attacked over the summer. He was upstate mm-hmm. at a rally and so somebody attacked him. Fortunately, Lee, Lee, who volunteered for Iraq and is still a, a lieutenant colonel in the reserves, he was quick enough to grab the guy's arm when he was coming at his throat with a... And uh, still give his speech. Sort of <laughs> and still give his speech. And none of the national media covered that. It became a story in New York. And then on Columbus Day, when he's in the Bronx, Columbus Day weekend, he's in the Bronx attending a parade. Um, his daughters are home in Suffolk County, suburban Suffolk County. And there's a gang shooting going on in front of his house. While they're studying teenage daughters, they're studying for their you know high school studies or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's bullets going off that, that are landing 30 feet from where they're studying yeah. in their house. And it's just, it's just everybody in New York can name a crime victim. And, you know, I was at a rally tonight for Lee's campaign in Nassau County where uh, the uh, chairman, Joe Cairo, and the Republicans, the county executive, Bruce Blakeman, where they last year, they elected a Republican DA and beat one of the co-sponsors of the cashless bail uh, law precisely to send a message. And this year you can see all the voters coming out because uh, New Yorkers want these laws repealed, and they want their public safety restored. So, Amen to uh, that. John McLaughlin, uh, the music means they're kicking us out, but I want to thank you for being here. Uh, if anything changes and we can get you back tomorrow, I'd love to get your analysis on it. Folks, John McLaughlin, right. thank you so much. Have, have your listeners vote tomorrow. That's really important. You got it. Get out and vote. All right, I'm Rich Valdez. We're coming right back.
America. Welcome back. It's me, Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And our guest is James Agresti. Jim Agresti is the president of Just Facts, JustFacts.com, probably uh, the best think tank outside of Washington, D.C., covering all sorts of issues and getting to the bottom of it, really just using primary source data to tell the truth and so that people have the options and the information that they need. So I always recommend if you need information and you want to get it from, uh, again, a non-tainted source and you want Just Facts, go to JustFacts.com. Jim Agresti, welcome. Richie V, thank you for uh, having me on your show and congratulations on the new show. And um, thank you. prayers uh, to Jimbo Bohannon, a- please. Amen to that. Amen to yeah. that. So I, I saw you have a new piece, and uh, and you always have a new piece. I mean, you guys crank out a lot of really good content. It's tough for me to keep up with everything. But I know you have some really good stuff, and I, I try to share as much of it that comes my way as possible because I think it's important that we got to know. But let's talk about this piece about the FBI trying to cover up some data. Yes, sir. What, what do you got so, uh, What is going on here is that the FBI for decades has been publishing murder data on their website in a very easy-to-access manner. But starting in 2021, during the administration of Joe Biden, they cut that all off. And the data is now only available through an online data extraction portal that is incredibly difficult to get any data from. And worse still, we are dealing with a a situation in this country right now where murders are rising at an incredible rate. Uh, Right now, according to the latest data in 2021, we had 6,000 more murders than in 2019. That is a remarkable and horrible rise. And the Mm -hmm. public should be uh, kept apprised of the situation by making this data accessible. What is it that they're doing? Is it just scrubbing it from the website or um, counting things differently? How are they um, kind of, you know, pulling the wool over our our eyes? Sure. So there's a couple of things going on here that are independent of one another, but all have the the same ultimate effect of of keeping people in the dark. Uh, the, The simplest is that they're just not making the data readily accessible. You know, unless you have hours to sort through this data extraction portal, uh, it's very difficult to get the right number for murders, and it's very easy to get the wrong number. And I'll give you a prime example. So News Nation, the the new home of Chris Cuomo, uh, recently reported that there were 4,677 murders that occurred in the U.S. in 2021. That was pulled off the FBI website from a webpage that's really easy to get to. But this is the problem. It's not comprehensive. It actually leaves out murders from a bunch of different localities that are not yet reporting data to the FBI under a new system, including New York, by the way, uh, Los Angeles, you know, some places that have serious amounts of crime. They're not in that data. So what News Nation did is went to this easy to access website, missed, missed the caveat saying, hey, this data is not complete, and reported there were. 14,677 murders when there were actually about 10,000 more murders than they reported. This sounds like uh, a dissection of the anatomy of a fake news story. 
You get yeah. them to say it on the news, and then you just parrot it around, tweet it, retweet it, put it on TikTok, say, look, News Nation, Chris Cuomo says there's only 1,000 murders, you know, or only 1,000 more than last year when it's really 10,000. And, and this well, is a Actually, they, they said it was a large decline from 2020. <laughs> Unbelievable. Because they mixed up the data for 2020 uh, with this other data that is uh, incomplete. So, you know, again, I put my political hat on having, you know, worked in government. And I think this to me sounds like, you know, social engineering, like they've created the conditions to to put out a story, a narrative, because there's elections coming. And we just had John McLaughlin on saying that, you know, crime and the economy were the two number one issues that voters were looking at. And instead they said, well, we're going to run with abortion and we're going to run with January 6th and we're going to ignore crime and the economy. And when uh, President Clinton comes and when President Obama comes to town to do some stumping, we're going to have them say, well, crime's not really the issue. And Republicans are just making up a boogeyman. And these numbers will, will help their case. But I think people aren't blind, especially if they live in California or New York and they see this crime firsthand. So, I mean, h- how do you square some of that? How, how do, does the FBI have an, a response for why they buried the data? I emailed them a couple of times and, and haven't heard back from them. Uh, I don't know for what reason why anyone would take a very simple, easy-to-access system and just delete it. And that's essentially what they did during the Biden administration. Wow. Like I said, there's other things going on here. There's a new measurement system. There's, there's also a long-standing problem with the FBI actually underestimating murders. That's a whole nother issue here. And and that's, you know, changing the murder total by about 1,500 to 2,700 murders per year. Uh, They're understating it from what the death certificates are showing. So there's a lot of things going on here. But the really big thing is they're just hiding the data. And and to give you a a sense of scale for for what 24,500 murders per year is equivalent to, if we stay at the same murder rate as 2021 for ad infinitum going forward, eventually one out of 179 people in the U.S. will be murdered. I want you to let that sink in. One out of 179 people that you know will eventually be murdered. Wow. That's a horrifying statistic. Folks, we're on with James Agresti, president of Just Facts. They are a think tank. The Just Facts uh, Foundation is Institute, excuse me, is one of the um, the premier think tanks outside of Washington, D.C. that gives it to you like it is Just Facts. JustFacts.com is the website. We're going to continue this conversation. I also want to kind of scratch the surface on a little bit of what's going on with these border crossings uh, that are uh, the deaths at the border that are also, I think, not really being reported accurately. And it's like one thing after another doesn't look good. Uh, Jim, stick with us. We'll be right back. Everybody, our phone number, if you have a question for James Agresti from Just Facts, 866-505-4626. If you want to join the conversation, 866-505-4626. I am Rich Valdez, and we're coming right back. Give, get rid of everything we just did, the power we just gave Medicare to negotiate lower prices, gone. 
The $2,000 cap on prescription drugs, gone. The $35 a month cap on insulin, gone. Tax credits for lower energy costs, gone. 15% corporate tax, minimum tax, gone. The $800 savings for health premiums we got for the Affordable Care Act, gone. Accurate information on the FBI website, gone. Accurate information about border deaths, gone. Let us go to Jerome, who's on the phone with a question. Hey, Jerome, welcome. Yes, I'd like to know, why do Republicans hide the crime rate in states like Oklahoma, but they're always talking about Chicago and New York and California and places like that? Why? All right, now, what, what makes you think that the crime rate's being hidden? Because they never talked about Oklahoma, one of the highest crime rates in the country. Well, I most mean, of this data gets compiled by the FBI. Valdez, he feels more safer in Oklahoma because of the open charge than he does in New York. But, hey, Oklahoma's got a higher crime rate than, the, than on New York. Oh, have yeah. you looked that up? Yeah, well, no, I, I don't spend my free time looking up crime data in New York. But I do want to bring in our... our uh, our expert on this, James Agresti, and uh, we may have to call for some MJ, but I'm not going to call for it yet. Now, uh, Jim Agresti, um, our esteemed caller, Jerome, he, he has a concern about the crime rate in Oklahoma. Go right so, ahead. <laughs> my expertise is more on the national trends, but I can tell you this. I have looked at some of the data in different states, and some of it is... Um, not what you might expect. You'll, you'll see in some relatively conservative states that there are some pretty high crime rates, as Jerome is saying. I don't know if that's the case with, with Oklahoma. However, this is what he's missing. The vast bulk of that cr the crime in those states occurs in cities run primarily by far-left Democrats. So you have to get down to the level where uh, crime is being enforced and where policies are taking place. And that is primarily done at a local level, not at a state level. Yeah, good point. Now, and Jerome, again, I think the reason people talk about crime in, in Chicago and, and other places or like New York is because it's just literally out of control. Does that make sense? Question. Jerome? Yes, I, I, I heard you. Okay, just make it. May I ask you one other here. question? Yeah, go right ahead. May I ask you? I'd like to know why is it that Republicans are always playing politics with the crime stats, but yet they defend January 6th? Some of them will say, oh, it's like a vacation, an attack that went on for hours. <laughs> How are Democrats soft on crime when they're the ones that defended actions like that? Yeah. Well, I, I, we can start with saying that it was Democrats that were in charge of the security of the Capitol. So I would ask Nancy Pelosi, not Republicans, and I don't speak for all Republicans, but I would ask Nancy Pelosi why she didn't uh, take a stronger approach. I would ask uh, the Democrat mayor of Washington, D.C., Muriel Bowser, and say, hey, uh, ma'am, wh why did you take such a soft on crime approach towards what was going on at the Capitol? I would ask Chuck Schumer. Um, you know, who is the uh, leader and say, hey, why did you take such a soft on crime approach? And you could talk about, you know, I don't, I don't know any Republicans that have said that January 6th was a good thing, but I do know a bunch of Democrats that allowed it to happen. President at that time. Sorry? Who was the president when that happened? I think the president was Donald Trump. I think everybody knows that. Just stop it. Nothing. No, nothing. 
He started it, and well, he did nothing see, to See, now stop you're it. not being accurate. And I don't want to get into a whole thing on January 6th with our guest on the line, but I will say that uh, Donald Trump made it very, very uh, available, the whatever resources they needed, whether it was the um, 10 or I think it was 20,000 National Guard troops, and it was the mayor of D.C. and the Speaker of the House that rejected that. And that's on the record. Now, let's get back to Jim Agresti to talk about how they're hiding these stats with people dying at the border. So, again, this is one of these situations where for years, every year after the end of the federal government's fiscal year, about five or six months later, U.S. Customs Border and Protection would publish data on how many people died while trying to cross the border. And it's in the hundreds of years. And some of these stories are incredibly tragic. You, you have a father swimming across the Rio Grande River with, with a child, and, and they both end up dead and washed up along the side mm. of the river. This is absolutely horrific. Yeah. You know, regardless of what you think about their attempt to cross the border, nobody desire, deserves to die like that. It's, it's horrible. So with the advent of the Biden administration, again, who happens to be in charge of, of Customs and Border Protection, it's part of the uh, the Department of Homeland Security, mm -hmm. uh, they stopped publishing this data. And here again, just like murders, it has skyrocketed during Biden's tenure. Uh, we're talking about the last year uh, of the Trump administration. There were 200, about 250 of these uh, horrible deaths per year. Uh, the latest data of the Biden administration, we're talking about more than three times that amount over 850 of these deaths. Yet Customs and Border Protection is not publishing the data like they have in the past. Uh, the only reason I happen to have it is that people at CNN and Fox News were able to obtain it, but it's not, you cannot find it on the uh, government's website. It's not there. And I find that this is a trend that's increasing where they put information in a place where you can't get it. And if you want it, you got to do a FOIA request. And then now they're charging somewhat exorbitant fees for many of these different FOIA requests. And it becomes uh, a question of government transparency. And, and really, you know, are you really doing the job of government if you're hiding all of this? I don't know. And by the way, Richie, I filed a FOIA request for this on October 27th. It's a simple, you know, this is not a complex thing where I'm demanding a thousand documents. I'm looking for the deaths, uh, two numbers I'm, I'm looking for, and I haven't heard back from them yet. And I followed up with a phone call today, by the way. Good. Good. <laughs> Stay on them. I'd love to know more about that. Folks, we're on with uh, James Agresti, president of Just Facts. JustFacts.com is the website, JustFacts.com, F-A-C-T-S.com. Um, JustFacts.com, great source for primary source data and, and research, debunking a lot of stuff and just putting it plain as day for you to see things, no bias, you know, just facts. <laughs> it's a great name for the organization so that you could be informed and not just opinionated. We're coming back with James Agresti and your phone calls as well, 866-505-4626, 866-50-JIMBO is the phone number. Looking forward to speaking with you guys and wrapping up with Jim on the other side. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
Inside America. Welcome back. It's Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And our guest is James Agresti, president of Just Facts. The Just Facts Institute is, uh, again, a premier think tank where they're really just crunching this stuff down to the facts, giving you the numbers, the raw data from primary source uh, information that's out there. And I, I think this is uh, important because you want to have a handle on things. You want to understand things. One of the c- cool things uh, that they put out recently, uh, a tweet from not too long ago, was uh, their question of the day. And the question was, which of the following races and eth- or ethnicities, excuse me, ethnicities experienced the greatest percentage growth in their median family wealth during the three years of available data during the Trump administration? And I thought, interesting question. I don't know the answer. Uh, but I'm going to pivot to James Agresti, who can tell us the answer. Jim? Sure. So if, if you're listening to the media and certain politicians, you you would be assured it, it was rich, white, uh, cigar-smoking uh, industrialists and, and hedge fund managers. <laughs> mm-hmm. But but the fact of the matter is is the greatest beneficiaries in terms of percentage growth in their wealth during the Trump administration was Hispanics. And in fact, uh, their uh, median wealth rose by 65 percent during the first three years of the Trump administration before the COVID pandem- pandemic struck. Uh, as it turns out, uh, it's a fortuitous event that we have this data because the Federal Reserve gathers this data every three years. And it just happened to be time from the beginning of the Trump admin to just before COVID. And another interesting thing about this data is that the second biggest uh, increase was black families, and their wealth rose by 33 percent, and the wealth of white families only rose by 3 percent. So That's racist. Now, granted, white people are starting out with more wealth, so these, the nominal figures may be larger, but the percentage right. growth is the way you measure this in a logical manner to see how people's lives are improving and improved dramatic, drastically under Trump. Fantastic. I, I, I love hearing things like that because, you know, oftentimes and it's, it's not an endless crusade to defend Trump. It's really just an endless uh, crusade for the truth <laughs> and, and, and the media oftentimes just perverting and twisting the truth so often. And as we head into the midterms tomorrow, I just wanted the audience to hear some of the facts uh, about what's going on and how data is being uh, diluted or hidden or you know buried in certain places. Jim, I want to thank you for being with us. Justfacts.com. It's always a pleasure, sir. Ricky V, thank you. You bet. God bless you, my brother. My best to your family. Now, folks, straight ahead, Open Phone America, one of my favorite parts of the program where we talk to you. You get to sound off and let your voices be heard. 866-505-4626. Valdez here. We're coming right back. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I wasn't, like, in a company. And I don't know, like, how marketing, sales. Yeah, you're a brand. You're a company. Yeah. And like Jay-Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah. Yeah. To that. Remind me not to quote any hip-hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. <laughs> when you first said I'm like, yeah, it's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen.
All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, our number three, Open Phone America, 866-505-4626. Hello and good evening to everybody. Now, Election Day is tomorrow. Technically today, in a few hours, these polls will open up. And there's a couple of things I want to talk about with respect to that as well. Because for a little while today, there's going to be a uh, an eclipse. I can't find that story now, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Oh, here it is. Election Day Lunar Eclipse. The normally bright and glowing moon will appear eerie and red. They call it the blood moon. And that's going to emerge for the last time in the for the last three years, if I'm reading that right. So that's interesting. We'll get into that in a little bit. But I want to get your thoughts and opinions. I know there's a few people on hold, and we're going to get to your calls. 866-505-4626. But first, I want you to hear uh, President Biden. He had uh, some remarks yesterday about, about uh, or the day before yesterday, excuse me, about ending oil, saying, you know what, we're not going to be doing oil. And Karine Jean-Pierre in the White House, she says, no, 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 you, you don't understand what, what he was saying. He didn't really mean that. I want you to listen to Karine Jean-Pierre. Listen to this. So we just wanted to be uh, you're talking about the the so we just wanted to be very clear uh, on that, uh, which is why we uh, put out a statement. It seemed like there was uh, uh, some confusion uh, on that. And so uh, but, uh, you know, I want to say this. It was some of you were there. It was uh, it was loud and and hard uh, to hear, I think, or maybe not uh, exactly what. Uh, what uh, what was being said, but I currently don't want to get into punditry from here and and why we did it or do it, uh, or you know paid or do it did it on TV. But I spoke to to this over the weekend. The president's words we believe were twisted. All right, so she believes the words were twisted. We have the words here. I want you to hear them. I want you to listen to uh, at least part of what he said uh, at the Hochul rally in New York yesterday. President Biden cut one. Listen to this. There is no more drilling. I haven't formed any new new drilling. No, that was before I was president. We're trying to work on that. Get that done. All right. So uh, I sounded good to me, right? No more drilling. There's no more drilling. I haven't affirmed any new drilling. No, that. And then he goes to, to answer the girl's question saying that there was drilling offshore or whatever. And he said, that was before I was president. We're trying to work on that now to get that done, right? So he even wants to get rid of stuff that was um, happening. We no new drilling, and he wants to get rid of old drilling too. So that is Biden. And again, and, and this is not the first time he said these things. He's gone into um, to this no drilling several times. And we have a couple of clips of that um, that I want you to hear because I think it's pretty interesting talking about shutting down coal plants, no more fossil fuels, no more drilling. Uh, listen to this montage. No more drilling. There is no more drilling. I haven't formed any new new drilling. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. Ends. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, we would, we would, we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated. We're going to be shutting these plants down all across America. No one's going to build a coal-fired plant again, and we're going to get rid of the ones we have now. I guarantee you. 
we're going to end fossil fuel. What about, say, stopping fracking and stopping yeah. pipeline infrastructure? Yeah. And, 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 exactly. and There's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking. No more, no new fracking. We are going to get rid of fossil fuels. Have a transition from the oil industry, yes. Okay, so again, Karine Jean-Pierre says that these words were taken out of context when he says we're going to shut down these coal plants, no new ones, we're going to shut down the ones we have. Again, this was somehow taken out of context. That's not exactly what he meant. He didn't mean that they weren't going to drill anymore. I mean, this is clearly a war on American energy production, and she's trying to cover it up for him. I I think we have the audio. We have the tape. It's going to be tough. But I want to get your thoughts on this. 866-505-4626. Let us go to, where's my guy here that he's been holding for a while? Matt in Eastern North Carolina on WTKF. Welcome. Hello, Rich. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you, sir. What's going on? Me and my thousands of friends, prayers are with Jim Bohannon. You're doing a fantastic job. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that, both for me and and, Can you hear me okay? My phone system is not that great. You should oh, be a broadcaster. You. Go right ahead. Oh, I, I've been heard that before. Anyway, um, <laughs> the radio station owner told me, never mind. So mm-hmm. Biden, I told your call screener, Biden has every reason to be impeached. I stick to my story. I tell a call screener, never lie to a call screener. Good. He should be impeached for not fulfilling the, the oath of office. Look, all the things he did wrong. And now he's yelling at everybody. <laughs> he's not yelling, he's whispering. <laughs> well, lately he's been yelling, correct, sir? Yeah, you got that right, Matt. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, and I agree. I agree. Uh, I think Biden should be impeached. If not for anything else, for his failure to to be the chief administrator of this country at the United States border, for his failure to acknowledge current asylum law, that says if you leave El Salvador, you know, by the time you get to Honduras, you should be applying for asylum there, uh, not going through Nicaragua and then through Mexico and then showing up in Texas and saying, oh, we're here for asylum. It doesn't work that way. It just it's not uh, the, the whole rule of asylum is once you get away from the country that's uh, of peril, that's where you apply. Instead, here we're picking and choosing. Go Well, I want to I want to have asylum in the United States. Oh, well, that's really nice. You know, I'd, I'd like to relocate myself and I'd like to be on Miami Beach. Uh, and I don't know if you, you don't get to pick that unless you can afford to pay for that. And that's where you want to be. So, you know, I think this this a la carte uh, approach to asylum is is um, is a dereliction of his duty to just be to be to protect and defend the United States. And clearly with, you know, I think some numbers say two million, others say five million. We're clearly in bad shape there for sure. Anyway, I want to continue. Uh, let's see. Let's go to Roy in Arp, Texas. Roy, go right ahead. Howdy there. Hey, howdy from KTBB. How are you, sir? Yes, sir. The uh, hey, I haven't heard anything lately. I didn't. I don't even remember if it was two weeks, three weeks, what it was. But the kid. I call him a kid. He's 19 years old, but he's still a kid to me. I'm I'm almost 76. So uh, the <laughs> the, uh, the the one that uh, that that killed the teacher and the student in uh, St. Louis. Yeah, he went in went in with a with a bunch of ammo with an AR style 15 rifle, 
and uh, I haven't heard a single peep out of any of the gun banners or anything else that any other time, oh, we got to ban guns. You understand. And that, and I haven't heard a single peep out of any of these clowns as to, uh, uh, and there's been nothing else about the, uh, right, about right. The yeah, well, I think, I think it has a lot to do with them realizing that it's, it's not the right time for them to for politically speaking and again i think this is they approach everything in terms of politics not in terms of virtue and when they realize you know this is not the right time to tell americans that we want to take away guns or we want to make it harder for for law-abiding citizens to exercise their second amendment why because crime is through the roof everywhere literally everywhere it's spilling over to other places where there wasn't a crime problem and it's spreading like cancer and it's not the right time. This would not go well for, for Democrats. And besides, somebody gave them the genius advice to say, you know, p- politically speaking, we're going to focus on these issues of abortion and January 6th. That's what we're going to focus on. And everything else is going to fall by the wayside. And whether it's an issue that they like or not, they uh, decided not to focus on it. Obviously, it's a tragedy. It's horrible. And, um, you know, nobody wants to see that stuff happen. But I, I, I understand your perspective here saying, you know, I wonder why they're not talking about it and why they're not talking about banning guns. And it's because they just don't have the political capital, I think, to pull that type of thing off. But that's just my thought. Maybe I'm wrong. I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure to hear from you. Thanks for checking in. Let us continue on the other side of this break. The number 866-505-4626, 866-50-JIMBO is the phone number. I am Rich Valdez, and that's at Rich Valdez with an S at the end. On all of the social media, if you want to chime in that way, feel free. Looking forward to it. And we're coming right back. Welcome back. It's Rich Valdez, and we are continuing with our pre-election night coverage. Tomorrow we'll have some, hopefully, uh, exciting coverage, being that we are the live show that's on from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern time. So we'll have election results uh, that the shows that are preceding us may not have, and the shows that are pre-taped that are on in this segment, or in this uh, day part, I should say, uh, won't have because they do their show earlier and they won't have accurate live up to the minute information that we'll have. So make us your election central. And, you know, I'll put on my cool announcer voice just to like add dramatic effect. We'll have uh, our producers queue up some really cool like, you know, dun 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 you know, type of really dramatic election sounding music. And I'll say things like, it's election central here with Rich Valdez, you know, add a little echo and... We'll have a little fun with it. It's going to be a good time. But I want you to hear this audio clip here. This is, uh, what did I flag, sir, during the break? Michael Moore, that's what I thought. All right, so we've got Michael Moore on MSNBC yesterday, and he says that not two, not three, not four, but 80 to 90 million Americans aren't very bright. you got to love it when the left talks down on you, can't you? It's just the best. Listen to this. 
Why do you believe that voters are going to turn out for Democrats if the kitchen table issues like higher gas and food prices are top I'll, of I'll mind? tell you why. Okay. Yeah. Here, yeah. Because the American people, they're treated like they're, we're all, they're a bunch of dummies. They're not idiots. Okay, now granted, there's 330 million people in the country, maybe a good 80 to 90 million <laughs> aren't very bright. No offense to those of you watching who aren't bright, but that's, you know, you're watching MSNBC, so I'm making an assumption that, you're, that you know what's going on. But, but that's, that's it. That means there's over 200 million of us that aren't stupid. And you cannot okay. tell people that, oh, oh, gas prices, oh, oh, price of eggs. Yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I'm a, if you're a woman, you're going to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to just give up. I, I'm going to give up my rights, my bodily autonomy rights. Uh, uh, to get those price of eggs down another 20 cents. That is not how people think. <laughs> I think he needs to include himself in that 80 to 90 million because I don't think anybody thinking like that, right? I mean, I can't imagine somebody saying, we're going to save 20 cents on the next carton of eggs we buy as long as, you know, we can hold on to. That's not even uh, a, a real uh, issue, right? I mean, uh, abortion rights are, are settled by the states. And they're set by the states. Uh, so it's not a federal issue. It's literally not on the ballot. I think most educated voters know this. This is not Republican spin. This is just facts, right? Uh, it's a real thing. The Supreme Court, you know, they banged their gavel. They were like, hey, that's that. So this is not something that electing any senator, congressperson, or anybody else is going to change. That's pretty much a done deal. So then why, why would we say that you're going to save 20 cents and 20 cents? Come on. I, I used to buy eggs for, I don't know, a dollar, two dollars, four dollars. You know, I think I was paying four eighty nine for that, like 60 pack when I went to the supermarket. Now that thing's like up to seven bucks. So from four something to seven bucks, you know, it's a good percentage of increase there. So. I don't know. I just you, know, you let me know if I'm right or wrong here, but uh, I think Michael Moore is bugging out. Let us continue our journey across the country here, checking in with our friends along the way. And I want to go to uh, David in San Francisco. David, what do you think about Michael Moore's assessment on uh, you as a voter? Uh, well, it's not so much his assessment. It's, uh, I mean, he's basically right. Uh, the uh, education. Do you think 90 million Americans uh, are are wrong and 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 stupid? Uh, 90 million Americans uh, have gone to school districts that are run by Republicans, and the Republicans are trying to censor books and dumb down people so they will fall for any crap. And the, uh, as a matter of fact, you were talking about the crime rate. Uh, the Republicans came up with a new crime, abortion. And so, of course, the crime rate is up for murder uh, because they're declaring that abortion is murder. And how many states are going for the full money on uh, abortion murder? Now, do you really believe what you're saying or are you just saying that because you, you wake up and you feel like a hyperpartisan lefty? Uh, well, I know that organized crime runs the Republican Party, if that's what you're asking. No, but I'm asking, you just made a statement, and you said that murder is up because we're counting abortions as murders? Like, do you really believe that to be true? They are. In Can fact, you name me one are. jurisdiction that's counting abortions as murders, where they're releasing uh, medical information and reporting it as a crime? Yes. 
in Texas, within two months, they had, you remember, Texas came up with a snitch law that you can rat out your neighbor if you think that they've had an abortion, right? They had 17,000 cases clogging the Texas court system within two months. Cases of what, sir? Cases of murder? Uh, the snitch laws. That's not. Uh, that, you that, said murder. You said that there are jurisdictions considering abortions murder. I want to know who was prosecuted for having an abortion and was was prosecuted for murder. Well, uh, do you remember Texas came up with a snitch law, right? I just asked you a question, and you sound like a yeah. moderately intelligent person. I'm going to give you a chance to answer it. Who has been arrested for murder for having an abortion? I asked you a question, and you're dodging it with a fake question. I've answered that's every it. question that's asked of me, but you have to tell me, because you called here. I didn't call you. I don't even know you. But you called here, and you want, you want to put out this fake information saying that murders are up because abortions are up, or whatever, because they're counting abortions. I want to know where this has happened and with whom. And you want to talk about a snitch law. You want to say Republicans have this, and you want to say this. And these are all funny talking points, but... You're on the radio. There's about six and a half million people listening. And you're saying that abortions are being counted as murders. And and that's a flat out lie. I think you know it's a lie. And you're trying to lie to people. So I'm calling you out on it. And I'm trying to give you a chance to be honest. So the pro-life movement for the last 30, 40 years. We're not talking about the pro-life movement for 30 or 40 years. We're talking about what evidence you could cite where somebody has been charged with murder for having an abortion. You're a liar. You're just a flat liar. I'm asking a question, sir. I think we have to cue the music. That sucked. That's some bad radio right there. I would respectfully request when we ask for the music, we get the music. Sorry, everybody in Radio Land. Trying to have a conversation and deal with a producer that didn't have the right music. I guess we're coming back. like we're back and nobody's asked me what audio we want for this segment so we've got nothing queued up for you we run a professional operation here folks we are on top of our game our phone number 866-505-4626 866-505-4626 so we continue we had a clown on the line is he still on the line oh he dropped well i wanted to uh, finish my conversation with him and play him the beat it music that we uh played a little bit earlier but we didn't have that opportunity we'll continue our calls we're talking about the election the pre-election coverage that we had this evening and what we can expect tomorrow let's go to pat in uh, sedona arizona hey pat hey rich how you doing you know what you handle these people pretty darn good thank you sir it's good good to hear your your expertise yeah your expertise on that but uh you know, uh, we're all getting excited here in Arizona. I tell you what, we're looking for a uh, Carrie Lake and uh, 
and Blake to um, to uh, take it to take the governorship and maybe uh, Blake uh, Edwards will the, for senator. I mean, over Mark Kelly, he he uh, he's uh, he's been showing some strong numbers lately, and uh, you know the state's looking uh, looking good. People are are reasonably debating uh, issues for our state between Republicans and Democrats. Democrats have come up with some pretty filthy um, commercials, and we've been all very tired of it. And I think they stopped them because I think they were losing people because of them. What, what kind of commercials and have it, you seen, Pat? Oh, my goodness. The, uh, uh, the abortion ones with uh, uh, the uh, gentleman's reign for senator over uh, Mark Kelly uh, um, were just they were horrible. I mean, and mostly it was a lie, of course, taken out of context. You know, um, you know they, they can sure chop up uh, what people say. And you have to be careful. He, he learned some lessons, I think, um, about what uh, to say. In, what you say in public stays in public. And, um, you know, we, we had all the heavyweights of the Democratic Party here. We had, we had Biden for a while. We had Obama. For at least two days, and we had, I think Bill or Hillary, one of those two was here because we saw a lot of jets in our uh, our airport up here, and we get a lot of private jets through here, and and we're all we're all sitting there and we're looking at them. I'm part of a pilots group here at the local Sedona airport, and and we're all going. Those yeah, there's some heavy heavy hitters because they came out with mm-hmm. the, the the government limos and stuff. Oh but, yeah. Uh, Let me Democrats ask you a question, Pat, worried. before you, really, you yeah. before you continue, because I'm, I'm just really curious to know what's the um, the vibe on the ground with respect to um, Carrie Lake and uh, and Blake Masters. Well, I tell you what, a lot of people are getting to know Blake. He's gotten smart with his, his money was cut off, yeah. and I think they they re, they re-upped it because I've been seeing him on TV a lot, and that's expensive. Sure. And he, he is he's groomed his message because he's brand new at this game, but he's looking good. And I think he's pulled even with with uh, Kelly because Kelly cannot get away with what he's done. He's gone lockstep with Joe Biden with every decision with the border. And that's what a lot of people around here are pretty much mad about the border. You know, for me, as so one if you person, had a guess, I see the, would you say yeah. that that that's going to be the driving force? That it's going to work for them. That you you're going to have Kerry Lake and Blake Masters and that Republican ticket elected. Uh, it could help. It could really help. And also Biden, every time he opens his mouth, it is the best thing for the Republican Party. My gosh, he declared that he and the Democratic senators and congressmen have cut the national debt in half since he's been in office. My goodness, <laughs> do we know the truth about that? Don't we, Rich? And yeah. uh, he's just—he's—he's uh, he's the worst thing for them. And I think the Republican Party is looking strong in our state. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to come out and vote. Uh, I know a lot of my uh, friends that I know are Democrats are thinking seriously about crossing over on some issues in our ballots. And uh, I said, you know what? I'm not going to tell you how to vote because I don't think that's right. But I think 
if you just open your mind and wake up and see what he has done, Joe Biden, to our country and our state, uh, things have got to change. There is a time for change. And least people are debating instead of screaming at each other. Now, I did see some of that maybe in June. When things well, I mean, it's politics. People are always going to scream at each other. People, you know, have emotions and they get into heated exchanges. And that's, I think, uh, human nature. But I, I'm just Arizona is one of those states that I'm looking at. And I, I just don't know. You know, I mean, um, I, I I try to I know what I want to see. And then I know what I get when I talk to people. And um, even talking to you, I, I think you feel like, you know, the, the jury's still out. The verdict's not in. And um, and, and that's tough, you know, because. It, it, it's supposed to be she's Carrie Lake is supposed to be, I think, 10 or 11 points ahead. And uh, I, I don't know if I'm feeling that vibe uh, coming out of people that I'm talking to in Arizona. I hope that's the case. And I, and I hope that that's the outcome tomorrow. But um, it, it uh, it's a nail biter for sure. OK, basically, all I can do, Rich, is uh, tell everybody all we can do is vote. That's our responsibility. Get in that line and vote. It may be long. A lot of people are going to come out, which is great. More people have vote. I love it because that's, 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 that's great. But I'll tell you what, of the two, the senator and the governor, I think we've got the governorship. I think she has done an excellent job. Hobbs is a miserable disaster for the Democrats. <laughs> she has not done anything, and all she has done is had people – speak for her. She's not been speaking. She wouldn't debate her. And that really hurt her. She I would think not so. Very I yeah. agree with you. I think when you dodge the debate and you don't want to tackle things head on, it's going to hurt you in the long run for sure. All right. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate the call. Uh, Pat and Sedona, always a pleasure. Let me see. Let me see where we're going next on our journey. Let's see. Let's go to James in California. Listening uh, California, Pennsylvania, listening on KDKA. Hey, James, welcome. You're on with Rich Valdez. How are you doing tonight? Wonderful, thanks. I'm near California University in Pennsylvania, and the fire whistle's blowing, and my flight come in from Pittsburgh to pick somebody up, and the, the coal train's blowing the horn. There's all kind of action tonight. You know, but I I'm think a... I spoke with you the other day, and you were from Ohio that day. Yeah, I was over there visiting Miami. It's right across the border there. Yeah. I think you said something akin to that you were a child predator. Is that correct? No, I'm no child predator. I'm a nurse, yeah. okay? But I'm. Oh, no yeah, you're predator. the same guy. Because <laughs> you also called yourself that that day as well. Okay, just make it sure. I don't know if you were trying to make a joke or if you were trying to be serious with that comment. Go right ahead. No, I said that, that's what right wing does to gay people. They try, try to pay them out to be predators. Like a priest, every priest you see is a predator. That's not right either, okay? It's spin from the right side of the world, but you know what the president Have you heard me say any of these things? No, because if you did, I'd meet you outside and I'd talk to you as a man in an alley. We'd, we'd talk face to face. How do you think you would fare with that? Yeah, okay. What? How do you think you would fare with me in an alleyway? I'd probably beat you up is what I do, okay? <laughs> oh, boy. Well, James, good thing we're speaking in hypotheticals. And maybe one day for charity, we will, uh, we will have that opportunity. All right. I think James said a bad word, and we got afraid of him talking, and he's gone now. So 
We will take a break and we will come back on The Bohannon Show with me, Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. It's Rich Valdez, 866-505-4626. And uh, let us continue our audio here. We have a clip from Nicole Wallace on The View. Listen to this. Stand that bashing Democrats about inflation doesn't mean that Republicans are promising to fix inflation. I haven't seen one promise to fix it. Yeah. And bashing Democrats about, um, I don't know, what else are they mad about? Crime doesn't mean they're running. I mean, I haven't seen a Republican campaign rooted in ending crime. I worked in Republican politics in the 90s when they were. They were, they were Republicans, and you can hate all the policies. They were running on mandatory sentencing. They were, they were running on anti, no Republicans running on anti-crime policies. No Republicans are running on anti-crime policies. I think Republicans have been talking about crime for the last, I don't know, two and a half years or so since those George Floyd riots in 2020. But I don't know. Call me crazy. People call me worse. Let us uh, continue our phone calls. I have to go to a very obscure method of seeing calls because the call screener is not working. All right. Let us go here to Dave in North Carolina on 107.1. Hey, Dave, what's up? You're on with Rich Valdez. Hey, Rich, thanks for taking my call. The the one thing that nobody's putting into perspective here, every time we come up on an election, it's the last minute push and panic. It's we've got to do this, we've got to do that. And they they run in circles over these issues that we've been talking about. Um, One of the things I told your screener is I've got a representative down here in the third district who just is not effective. I've heard him say four times that uh, uh, Biden has gone and done impeachable things, and he's used the term impeachable, the border, for example, Mm -hmm. four times, but he's never once led impeachment. And every time I talk to one of his staffers, it's, well, because if, no, 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 talk the talk, walk the walk, take the act. And and if they're not going to impeach him, at least put it out there. So that there's been action taken. Now, what's going to happen is if this fails, if if uh, if the midterms go badly, then they can use that as a reason. Well, Joe did his best. He's an old guy. You know, he struggled and he tried, but the people worked against him. And so when they remove him, he's going to be a hero because nobody said the doddering old fool just can't get up in the morning and walk through the day. And so now is the time. Before before the elections are even over tomorrow, people need to start calling their representatives. We need to hold people's feet to the fire and say, you got reelected because or you didn't get reelected because. And this, these are the issues and you've got to do it. I mean, I've called this guy up and I said, hey, I heard that you're an Obamacare supporter. Yes or no. Uh, well, talk to one of his staffers. Well, I'm not the congressman. I couldn't speak on his. What do you mean you can't speak on his behalf? Okay, have him call me. And you can't get through. We've got to hold our representatives accountable for their part, and that's why nothing happens. I'll give. I I don't think anybody should be attacked violently. But evidently, the only home invasion in the last month, and the only person who's been attacked is Paul Pelosi, because it's all we hear about. Um. 
you know, there's there's other people on the face of the earth in this country besides the elites. And everything is a distraction, and we keep focusing on one or two things. The price of eggs has nothing to do with people getting abortions. You know, when that guy tried to put that together. Yeah. But if you're paying five bucks for diesel instead of three fifty, it costs more money to haul eggs to market. Yeah, you know what Listen, I'm saying. People I don't wondering- disagree with you. I agree with you on on on, on everything you're saying. I think the the issue becomes. Uh, and I guess I only get this because I've, I've worked inside of this mess, is that there are a lot of realities that come along with what we would like, right? I think the reason Trump is so popular for so many people is there's it's probably, you know, uh, a few reasons. But one of the main reasons is he legitimately came across like a talk radio host and and governed as such and acted and communicated while he was president that way, something no other president had done. And and this is something where, you know, most politicians will campaign and campaign mode and they can go for the jugular. And then once it's time to be, you know, congressman or senator or president, they, you know, they put on their nicest cufflinks and now they're they're very refined. And, and that's been the trend up until Trump. And and for many people, myself included, voted for him to be the bull in the China shop. However, um, this hurt the sensibilities of many people on both sides, every side and around the corner. So what happens is you've got people that want to do the right thing and don't. And I'm not making excuses for them. I'm just kind of explaining really the um, my expectation is, you know, you have a, a representative that says this, this is an impeachable offense. This representative could, for showboating purposes, draw resolution for impeachment and and present it in their argument in their um, in one of their committees. If the committee chair will allow that, if the committee chair doesn't care to hear it, it's not going anywhere. So I think that's oftentimes what they face because they realize, you know what, we're not going to start throwing bombs about impeachment when we know really well that we don't have a majority and we can't do it. So we, we can kind of intimate that we might do that and we could hint towards it. Uh, so I think there's a lot of considerations at play there where, where it does or doesn't happen. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, I would love it. I really would if uh, Speaker or soon to be Speaker, hopefully soon to be Speaker McCarthy, Leader McCarthy, if he were to come out and and campaign on this. I would love it. I really would. I would say, you know what, uh, everybody should go and vote Republican just because McCarthy's saying if I become Speaker – I'm going to I'm going to go after Biden with an impeachment. Um, I can understand his reservation in doing so because he doesn't want to make promises that he can't deliver on. So I I get it. And, you know, these are serious things that you don't want to over politicize. So I I see both sides of the coin and I get the frustration. And you're right. Keep the heat up on everybody doing what you're doing, calling talk radio, get in their face, do what you got to do have the congressman call you. I agree with all of that. And I think more Americans should be doing that as well. And there's nothing wrong with getting in this, um, starting your own pack, an informal one, if that, where, you know, it doesn't have to be a million dollar one. It could be you and your neighbors, you know, with the uh, X, Y, and Z street pack, where we're here to make sure that representative so-and-so actually does their job and we're going to hold you accountable. Anyway, there's more to come straight ahead. We're going to wrap this thing up momentarily, but we're not done yet. I'm Rich Valdez. We'll be right back. 
Stacking Benjamins with Joe and his good friend OG not only has great financial insight, it's laid back with humor too. The quiet luxury trend is out and loud budgeting is in. Are we tired of the pet names? Yeah, because I'm loud and obnoxious, so this fits right in with me. I'm like, yes, finally budgeting for me. (laughs) I get to walk into a restaurant and go, I'm cheap as hell, and you're not getting a tip. Live from Doug's Budget. (laughs) Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. 